Welcome to Featured Insights presented by Caroline Economic Development. I'm your host, Debbie Bowden. This podcast is for all size businesses in Caroline County and the Eastern Shore of Maryland to learn from experts at the local, state, and national level. We hope that you gain insights that can help your business run more effectively. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Jessica Toole uh, is with me today. This is our second episode that we're going to record. We're going to dig into a, another topic. Uh, we talked about behavioral health and mental health in the workplace last uh, last episode, and we start touching on substance use. And I really think there's a lot that employers and employees, the business community, mm-hmm. can learn from you. But if you'll reintroduce yourself, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Okay. Uh, my name is Jessica Tool. Um, I'm the local addiction authority for Caroline County, and I'm also the director of Caroline County Behavioral Health. So that local addiction authority, mm-hmm. what does that mean? It means that um, if Uh, other providers for substance use want to come into Caroline County, they have to have an agreement to work with me. So I um, will do their site visits. Um, I'll make sure that it's a quality facility and that they're doing really great work. Um, Any complaints, grievances, anything like that will come to me and I will review them. Um, I also want to say if there's anyone listening that wants to come to Caroline County and start any kind of substance use treatment, Absolutely. Like I okay. am, our doors are open. We need more services. Okay. Absolutely. So I was, let's touch on that and dig a little deeper into that. Is there an, are there those types of services in the county, in so Caroline? Currently, um, we serve uh, in at Caroline County Behavioral Health. We serve about, I think I did the numbers earlier this week. We serve about 500 people okay. um, per year. Uh, we serve about 1,100 total with um, mental health and substance use um, disorders, so uh, about 500 are substance use. That's over the year, um, and about at one time, it's probably about 200 at one mm-hmm. time. So um, there is a large, if you, if you think about the population, right. um, and you know that not everyone is coming to our program, right? Um, for us to serve that many people and per year is um, a large amount. Mm-hmm. Um, for, yeah. yeah. And as you said, that's who's coming to you. Mm-hmm. Any, any idea how many, how, how deep it is, how, or how broad it is mm-hmm. in the county, folks who aren't? It is a service. large problem in Caroline County. Um, okay. We don't have the services. They don't have the transportation um, mm. to get to services. Uh, our program is a level one outpatient. So in layman's terms, we are the, the outpatient treatment. So that means they come to us um, by minimum about once every two weeks. They get their services and they go okay. home. The, hi- the step higher is IOP, which is intensive outpatient. Oh, okay. We do not have one. Talbot Mm. County has all of the IOP. Okay. Okay. So if you think about that, anyone that needs a higher level of care has to go to a different county. Mm -hmm. They don't have transportation Mm -hmm. to get there. Um, The MA transportation bus does take some some people to Easton. Um, But the problem is, is that when you are on drugs, alcohol, anything, your, your brain chemistry is different. Right. 
Um, it affects all sorts of decision-making capabilities in your brain. And it's just not going to be your top priority yeah. to go to Easton every day because mm -hmm. you have to go at least nine hours a week for an IOP. Six to nine hours a week is wow. an IOP. So you have to think about people that are functioning and doing pretty well yeah. have a job. Right. Um, have family, all of those kinds of things. When do they have time to go to right. Easton six right. to nine hours a week for intensive wow. treatment? Um, so my main mission is to try to get more treatment services here. Um, our program really tries to decrease barriers. So we do, um, we have a uh, agreement with the University of Maryland um, and their doctors. We have a large mobile treatment unit that mm. um, I'll show you someday <laughs> yeah. um, that goes to different towns. They ha it, it has on it a nurse up here, up here, someone with lived experience who is um, in sobriety themselves, okay, um, and a substance use counselor. So that van, um, it's a very large RV, um, also has a telehealth room, actually several telehealth rooms um, that the University of Maryland doctors uh, okay. can uh, tele do a telehealth into. And so, will you go to where the people are? And that is that absolutely their residence and or workplace. So what we, what we have done is we usually try to find, so we go to Fettelsburg in the middle of Fettelsburg in, um, at the church right in town. Okay. So that people in that area can walk. We have had people ride their bike to us. We've had people walk. We've had someone actually ride their lawnmower. Um, I don't, it doesn't matter as long as they can get to us. Right. We also have, and it's only one one person, but we have um, someone that does offer transportation to those who are in the outlying areas. Okay. Um, and he's for our entire program, so he's for mental health and for substance gotcha. use services. So he kind of has to be scheduled a bit, but uh, we try to reduce all barriers for people. I gotcha. Um, and so, you know, then on, when they get on the um, mobile treatment unit, they, it's a one-stop shop so that people who do work, who do have families can come see their substance use counselor, talk to their peer, mm -hmm. see the doctor. And if there's any other issues that they may have, we, we do um, hep C testing, HIV testing. Um, our nurse is uh, studying to do phlebotomy so that we can kind of get their lab work and everything right there. Um, the biggest thing with substance use is completely reducing all barriers gotcha. so that there's oh, okay. no reason why they shouldn't. Got you. Um, because, I mean, it's hard. I, I, everything is hard. Quitting smoking is hard. Starting a diet is hard. Right. I mean, how many of us have started a diet and then they're like, oh, this is too hard. It, right. Or an exercise plan. Yeah. I, you know, I can't figure out when I'm supposed to go exercise, you know, right. with a family yes. and work and, you know, those kinds of things. Right. So it's making it as easy as possible. So for those employers who are mm -hmm. listening or managers of companies that are listening, mm -hmm. if you can help, if your HR policies can allow for mm -hmm. you to be not be a barrier for mm -hmm. one of your people who may have to go see that mobile treatment, that's going to be a big help. I don't know that many employers outside of mm -hmm. the health area would even think about that. It's like, how am I going to, oh, I've got to miss work. Well, so we, yeah, so we write, we will write a doctor's note for them. Okay. Um, we will try to do as many, you know, 
excuses from work while they're coming to see us. Um, but that's why we try to make it, you know, a very brief period of time. We have a lot of people that come on their lunch break. Yeah. Um, and what I also want to say about medication-assisted treatment, medication-assisted treatment is um, something that helps them to not use. Um, it, in the brain chemistry thing, it, it actually blocks the receptor. Mm. You can't get high from mm -hmm. opiates um, is what we you know, um, do most. We also do Vivitrol injections for people who have any kind of substance use disorder, specifically alcohol. Okay. Um, and those are like once every 30 days. But so we do yeah. um, notes for those. Um, I think the biggest thing is for employers is to also treat it like a doctor's appointment. If your right. employee had any doctor's appointment, it would be excused. Yes, yes. It That's, should be the same for behavioral health. Exactly. Because, well, it is. A, there's it physical. Is. It is. It's the brain. Mm -hmm. A physical thing yes. is the chemistry is reacting in a different way, and then that behavior mm -hmm. has changed. Mm -hmm. um, so you've touched on a couple of different mm -hmm. substances, but let's kind of put that in, a, in a, a little bit of a box. So, you know, we know about opi opioids. Mm -hmm. um, how does that manifest itself mostly in Caroline County, is it pills? Is it is it heroin? Is it what do you? What Unfortunately, do you think? Um, it's not that much with pills anymore. Um, it has um, progressed from into heroin to fentanyl, and then um, now the new thing in um, is xylazine. Um, it, it's used as an anesthetic, um, mm. and and. The thing is, is that when people are using, when they're injecting anything or smoking anything, most of the time you don't know what's actually in it. Gotcha. So they don't, you know, a lot of people come to us and they're surprised that, oh, well, I just, but I did, I did this, but this is in it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, some people come to us and say, I just smoke marijuana. Okay. Well, there was this in your marijuana right. apparently yeah. yeah um and they don't know um so what we do try to do is we cannot we cannot prevent people from using mm -hmm. we it is um we're all adults okay we're all adults and we make decisions and so what we have tried to do is we are giving our clients fentanyl test strips to test whatever they're about to um, use. Because what we know is fentanyl is, is, is the most deadly. Mm -hmm. So they will test it. And, and hopefully if there is fentanyl in it, they won't use it. But as you said, they're, they're adults. They're adults and the brain chemistry has changed. So that decision making isn't always uh for their best interests. Yes. So um, then the, you mentioned cigarettes. Um, what about tobacco use? Mm -hmm. You know, in all forms, chewing, smoking, cigarettes, cigars, mm -hmm. et cetera. What are you seeing that in, uh, in Caroline County? Oh, it's definitely higher. Um, mostly in rural counties in general, it's a little higher. Gotcha. Um, I'm not really sure why. Um, for a lot of our clients, they go from using um, other street drugs to then smoking. And... <sighs> It's still not great at all, um, right. but then and then we refer them to our wellness program, who okay. does have a whole tobacco cessation um, gotcha. program, 
Um, so, you know, if anybody is more interested in, you know, the tobacco and um, there's a large um, problem, unfortunately, with our youth with vaping, mm. um, they're also doing a campaign on that as okay. well. Um, the thing where we get involved with vaping is that, unfortunately, a lot of our adolescents, and I will say from 11 years old mm. on, um, are smoking other than nicotine in those vapes. Gotcha. So, um there are a lot of children, unfortunately, um, getting a hold of marijuana, THC, you know, all, all of the gamut. Gotcha. The gotcha. gamut. So. And so marijuana is another substance, right, mm-hmm. that yes. can be used. Yes. Um, you know, that's going to be tricky. Yes. So I treat marijuana like I do with alcohol. So okay. um, it is legal. Um, for some people, some people can get medical marijuana cards, um, and it is legal for them to use what they get mm-hmm. from the dispensary. And it's going to be legal for adult use yes. after July 1st. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the way that I and my staff and I have had a lot of conversations about this, I don't see the difference with that and alcohol in the way that we treat it. Okay. So some people can you know, have been prescribed marijuana or, or, or THC, um, for a, a gamut of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem becomes when they are using while driving, mm-hmm. when they are using, um, while they're at work, um, all sorts of different things, right. um, when they're using more than prescribed, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we tell our clients too, because a lot of them come to us, but it's legal. It's fine. Right. No, it's not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I understand if somebody has been prescribed. I mean, there's no difference in actually being legitimately prescribed an opiate. Right. So yeah. we have to really tread on that a little bit mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there are, like I said at the beginning, everything is a spectrum. So when it starts affecting your work, when it starts affecting your family, when it starts affecting, when you start getting criminal charges because mm-hmm. you've driven under, under the influence, right. um, that's when it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Same with alcohol. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, if employers see their staff coming in and everybody kind of knows what a hangover is, I'm pretty sure at this point, um, you know, if, if they're coming in every single day like that, that's not good. Yeah. That's and they really should probably good. And they should probably talk to them and yeah. say, what's going on? Yeah. And hopefully they have that relationship that they can actually, that the person will be up front. They might not. And they mm-hmm. might go into denial and they might, you know, try to right. remedy all sorts of other things. But it's important for that employer to really have that conversation. And mm-hmm. I go back to transparency because I think it's extremely important for employers to be. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. I always, we, we do performance evaluations every year and for some reason my staff get so nervous about them and I say, I say, you will know already right if something is going to be <laughs> right, wrong. That's right. Like, I, we this, could, yeah, this, we could do a whole podcast on that. evaluation should never be a surprise. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's the same thing with if you're seeing any kind of behavioral changes, mm-hmm. anything, you know, if they're coming in and their uh, pupils are super pinpoint dilated, something's wrong. Right. Right. Um, and so do you have a referral from employers for the workforce? Like can an employer 
Are you an EAP, or do you provide those kind of services, employee assistance program? Um, I don't. I don't believe that we do specifically. Okay. Um, I would have to check that out. Okay. Um, All right. But I, I am more than willing to help with anything if they're, okay. you know, if they're saying, hey, this person keeps coming in late, they're uh, really moody, they're yeah. really, you know, and we can have a confidential conversation okay. about what I feel like maybe they need to do. Yeah. And and I'm not also saying that employers have to be mental health therapists. Do not do that. Um, Say that again. Do not be mental health therapists. Right. You are not there. <laughs> that is not your job. Um, but it is your job to listen mm-hmm. and hear what they're saying. Right. Don't try to fix it. Right. Just listen to what they're saying. And so, we have two professionals like yourself and yes, your staff. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, call me. It's fine. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll try to, you know, help as much as I can. And we will make sure that we give your contact information at the end of this episode. Um, so one of the things that uh, you have heard you say, and, and some of the uh, preparation material as you provide it, you said we should be reward, be rewarded for seeking help. Mm-hmm. We should not see it as a weakness. Absolutely. Cover yes. that a little bit more. So, you know, we all know when employees come to us, um, they always close the door. They say, can we speak? Um, that's usually when you should click on that your listening hat is on. Um, should always listen. Um, and not everybody's perfect. I actually did a very bad job last week at this. <laughs> I will be fully, I had to go and apologize and ask them to come back in because I was in the middle of something else. So, um, but, you know, have them come in, tell them, let them explain what's Mm -hmm. going on and then reward them for talking to you, not Mm -hmm. reward them with a gift or anything like that, but reward them and say, thank you so much for talking to me. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. Those, that's the only sentence you have to say. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It's, it's very much like, thank you very much for coming to me because it probably took them a lot to come to you in the first place. And you could be the first person they've ever told. I, right. I know that is, that is scary on both sides. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're, as an employee, you're dealing with something and you, you maybe have a family connection or a mm-hmm. network and or church or mm-hmm. but it's that shame mm-hmm. and that was a word we talked about in the last episode that shame's preventing you but your employer mm-hmm. having that relationship to go yep okay Say, i know them mm-hmm. but i'm not obligated to them for anything other than my employment i feel like i can do this mm-hmm. and asking the employer what you're saying is just acknowledge that mm-hmm. and then somehow get connected to you mm-hmm. and your staff mm-hmm. so that you can take, they can get the yeah. professional mm-hmm. guidance that they need. Well, and also ask, ask the person, do they have any other supports? So when I mean, you know, if somebody's going through a mental health crisis or any kind of substance use or any, any gamut of, of behavioral health mm-hmm. issues, I've said it several times, it's a spectrum. So, you know, um, what helps me might not help you. So um, whether it is talking with your spouse, maybe you can can encourage them to talk with their spouse about Mm -hmm. what's going on. Maybe you can encourage them to talk with, if they are spiritual, talk with their pastor. You know, those kinds of avenues are wonderful as well. They don't have to always have clinical services. Yeah. Um, So, you know, see where they're at first and mm-hmm. see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because it 
we go back to, you know, adults make decisions and right. they're entitled to make their decisions. Yeah. And so we have to really see where they're at as well. One other thing I think I'll touch on before we end, and that is rehab. And you mm. shared an interesting statistic before about oh. the number of times it takes someone. It takes an average of eight times to eight get clean. times to get clean. And so you, you've also talked about how people use to maintain. Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. So that is not, that's not a successful rehab situation, right? Mm-hmm. That is... They're still using, they're yeah, still they're still using. using illicit substances or, or, or drugs, as we like to call them. So, um, yeah, it takes, an, on average, about eight times to get clean. So and that's that is, a- and that is going through full... You're, you're clean, say, say first time, right. okay, you're clean, you fall off. We always say that relapse is a part of recovery mm-hmm. because it is. Okay. Um, and so we go back to everybody's different. It could take me one time. It could right. take somebody else 20 times. Right. We have some clients that we're very, very worried about, and they have been in our program 15 times. But they're working. They're doing they're the work. They're doing the things that they sh- they that they can. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I'm not going to say they they're doing the things they should, but they're right. doing the things they can. And so, from an employer standpoint, you have an employee who goes mm-hmm. through rehab. Mm-hmm. It's important for them to know, for the employer to understand. That's not the cure all. That no. may be. No. They may be clean. Absolutely. But they may need to go another six or seven, eight times. And mm-hmm. that person who's on number seven or seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, Shame is such a big part of this whole situation, that shame of, or pride. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it again. This Mm -hmm. is the time I'm going to do it. We've run out of time again. Oh, gosh. This is awesome. You've been fantastic. Go ahead and give your contact information, uh, phone number, and email. Mm -hmm. uh, And I appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. So um, my phone number is 410-479-8000. Again, it's 410 Four seven nine eight thousand, um, and then my email is Jessica M as in Mary dot t u e l at Maryland dot gov. Mm-hmm. Again, it's Jessica M as in Mary dot t u e l at Maryland dot gov. And I I always ask people to do it twice. Yeah. that is old school. When I first started in work, you were to give your contact information, especially on a podcast. Somebody's driving, they're like, oh, I need that phone number. Yeah. Jessica, thank you. And and thank you for doing the work that you're doing in Caroline County. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Featured Insights and look for us on your favorite podcast platform.